Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready It's Felger and Matt. Oh, stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Hey, Bill. Um, going back to the Thanksgiving game against Minnesota last year, in every game since, you guys have fallen behind, except against the Jets, fallen behind by double digits. And it's happened this year in 16 nothing, 17-3. Yesterday as well, and obviously the Dallas and the Saints games. What is it that's happening at the start of games? Are you not prepared? Are the players not executing? Is this a coaching issue? Is it a talent issue? What is the issue? Yeah, Tom, find the answer to that question. It, it, maybe it wouldn't be that way. We've uh, you know, tried a number of different things, so we'll keep working on it uh, and, and just keep working and try to get better. But, yeah, you're right, that's been a... It's been hard to play uh, from behind. That's not the way you want to play uh, in this league or really in any any competitive sport that I could think of. Um, and we got to do a better job of that. There's no doubt about it. We just have to do a better job. And it's a team thing. It's not a you know. It's not one particular thing. But um, when we get our opportunities early in the game, we just haven't made the most of them. And we got to we have to do a better job of that. So it's coaching, playing. It's all of the above. Right, if Bill Belichick had the answer to that question, they wouldn't be in the condition they're in. He doesn't have the answer to that question. Does the big boy, Greg Bedard, have the answer to that question? I doubt it. Well, let's find out, shall we? Because it is a big boy Tuesday. Tuesday, October 17th from our town for Tire studios here in Waltham. Joined by Maz Murray and the aforementioned Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Good, you. Where are we at, big boy? What do you think? Uh, well, not good. I mean, I thought that the Patriots, I know the final score doesn't indicate it. I do think the final score was more about, um, you know, some of the issues that the Raiders still have, that they're, you know, trying to build a program there. But I thought the Patriots were basically dominated in all three phases. And I mean, you know, the the way, you know, from talking to people around this team, around the Raiders, and, and you know, how coaches view the game. I mean, the, the Patriots are at the point now where they're even, you know, losing games in the in the kicking game, they're getting dominated. I mean, field time of uh, field position, all that stuff. The kicking game, uh, you know, Behringer struggles as a as a punter. You know, shanks the first punt out of bounds. I mean, 
you know, the way this team is right now, and it's very similar to the way the Raiders are at this point, you know, they're, they're not that talented. And so you need everything else working. You need the defense to be really good. You need the defense to turn over the ball. Uh, you know, they did once with the Jabril Peppers play. You need the kicking game to be on point. And just, you know, none of those things are working. And then you look at the offense, and I, I just think it's at a point now where, um, you know, they, they did some things in the second half when they were a little bit more dedicated to running the ball, which I, I don't understand why they didn't do that to start the game. And they just went to three-step drops. And that works against a team like the Raiders because they don't have any cornerbacks. Nate Hobbs was out. They're playing a lot of zone. They're playing off. And, and that's that's conducive to the way the Patriots want to play. But against the other teams, like we saw earlier in the season, whether it's the Saints or the Cowboys, you know, the two blowout games, you don't have those opportunities. So, you know, right now, nothing works on the Patriots. I mean, th- this was this was a Raiders team that is the definition of mediocre at best right now, you know, as they're trying to build something. And the Patriots, in, in my opinion, after watching the film, in all three phases, lost. And so, to me, you know, I don't know where they are. And, you know, Belichick, after the game, the way he spoke, to me, it's sort of he's resigned to his fate that this is where this team is at this point. How much is it on coaching? And I'm just not talking about Belichick. You wrote about it the other day. But, you know, system-wide coaching, how much of it is this a factor? Uh, a lot. You know, I think so. I, I think that there's there's been such an attrition on the coaching side from, you know, Bill talked about starting over this week. And, you know, we've done in the past, of course, you know, when I asked him for specifics, he didn't give any. But, you know, at least in my recollection, sort of resets to me or starting over was 2014 after the after the Chiefs game, 2018 after the back-to-back losses in December to the Dolphins and the Steelers when they, you know, rededicated to the running game and that sort of keyed them to go on and win a Super Bowl. Both times they went on to win Super Bowls. No one was expecting that this year. But I expected, okay, look, they've done what they've done. They had a tough opening schedule to start the season, which I think you know a lot of people aren't taking into account, when, especially with the offense, how bad things have looked. But, okay, the coaches got together. Bill's rolling up his sleeves. You know, we talked about Bill O'Brien being on board. Now Bill wasn't stretched so thin. Bill could, you know, sort of dial things in where the team needed help and and he could, you know, lend himself there and get them all on point. And I figured they'd come out in this game and they'd look a lot better. And then they start the game like they did. I mean, to me, I think that Bill Belichick's coaching, and I know we talk a lot about the GM and that's where most of the problems have been, but... I think Bill Belichick, the head coach, is ineffective at this point. And it's a whole bunch of things. I mean, it's it's his, his points not getting through all the way down to the position coaches. There is a lack of detail all over this team. You know, route running, blocking, you know, Mac Jones where his eyes are. Um, you know, the defense, there are, there are busts a lot on this team. And some of it has to do with the the secondary injuries, but there, there's a lack of detail. Then you also look at the personnel, and you talk about, you know, the Patriots have had buy-in and things like that. Not only is it the roster that were departed from the championship days and guys being accustomed to that, but how many guys, how many core guys are under contract beyond this year? Like, you know, they set themselves up by not giving extensions by, you know, to Duggar, Awenu, Hunter Henry, you know, Judon, even if he was healthy, 
He was basically on a one-year deal again before he was in contractual problems again. You know, how many guys should be invested at this point? And that's why I think you, you're, you this is teetering big time on the next two games on whether the, the whole team quits on this season. Teetering? Don't you think we've already gone over the edge? I do. We're I do about too. there. I wouldn't say we're quite there. I mean, really? you don't see it on film as far as, oh, really? you know, quit. And, you know, I've covered some bad teams in the past. They're not at that point yet. But you don't think it's too far. I mean, if you're Hunter Henry or Josh Uche or Kyle Duggar and you're in contract years and you're like, well, you know, is this the right thing for me? Am oh, yeah. I being put in the right position? Oh, like, believe me. When, there's a lot, a lot of questioning going on behind the scenes. Okay, you want to talk football? Bedard, by all means, 617-779-0985. We're still going to pick apart where they are and how they got here and spend plenty of time with that, but start to turn ahead a little bit and now how this all plays out, Greg, as you look at that and you look at the future of Belichick and the future of the coaching position here, future of the quarterback spot, the offensive coordinator, if you want to throw him in there, the staff, okay, if you will. Where do you think we're at with all of that? You know, and I'm not, you, you, that could be a projection if you want, but when you think about all that, those big picture pieces, what interests you the most or what are you looking at the most? So it's, you know, I, you guys have the talk show. I mean, you know, for me, I have enough to keep me busy just, you know, watching the film and the next game and things like that. So I, I don't think a lot of, about a lot of these things yet. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you to role play then. No, I know, I know, I know. Um, and, and that's fair. Um, you know, I think that, you know, before when I wrote this about a year ago, when I looked at 2024 and the cap space available and how they haven't extended anybody and about how you have to decide on Max uh, fifth year option and about how Gerard Mayo was retained. They sent out the press release. He didn't take any head coach interviews. You know, I hypothesized at the time that to me, it looked like Bill and Kraft, basically they were on a one year situation, year to year situation that I and I know, you know, people are talking about like whether Kraft was would fire Belichick or 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 whether he's unhappy with him. You know, I was there a year ago. Kraft was pissed off about last year. And especially the 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 handling of, you know, Mac Jones and and everything that went on. And I think that I, I don't know if it was talked if they discussed it together or what, but at least on Kraft's end, it sure seems like it was like, okay, Bill, you've earned the mulligan. You know, we're going to help you. We're going to bring in Bill O'Brien. You know, let's see how it works. But, you know, to me, he was on a year-to-year basis. And the way this has started, I think in a lot of places in that building, their mind is already on next year and about what they're going to do beyond this. Okay. Do you think it's a blow-the-building-up situation? Or have they made commitments to Mayo? Have they made commitments to Bill O'Brien? And Jones. And do you think Jones is uh, on that list? It's a great question. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it will be a total teardown, like bring in somebody else from the outside, even though that's what personally I think they probably need. But I think the Crafts think so much of, of Mayo. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, what's what's the difference going to be? You know, it's just, you know, he's from here. He's, you know, he's Bill Jr. I think people even used to, Call him Little Bill or something like that. But I do think that, you know, the Crafts view Mayo a lot like, you know, when they build, uh, viewed Bill way back when, when he was assistant coach, that, you know, okay, there's Parcells, but Bill thinks of things on a higher plane. 
Like, all right, he believes what Parcells does, but Bill has a better grasp of player valuation, you know, free agency, how to spend money, you know, all that stuff. And so they were excited about that. I think they view Mayo the very same way that he, yes, he has a lot of the core philosophies that Belichick has, like Belichick had with Parcells. But Mayo is sort of the modern day sort of tech CEO as far as football goes. And so I think they're excited about that. And I think Mayo is going to have his own ideas on how to construct a coaching staff, how to construct a front office. And I think they should they should let him do whatever he wants. If he's the guy, empower him and let him make his own decisions. Is it all but inevitable they're in the draft for a quarterback and starting over there? Well, I think you have to be. Either way, no matter how the season finishes, no matter how Mac Jones finishes, you have to keep your options open. You can't be back in this situation again next year with, you know, Bailey Zappi, who you think so little of. You don't even – he's the emergency third quarterback on Sunday. Um, you know, but I do think – and probably we'll discuss more a little bit later. I do think there's there's a lot that goes into the whole Mac Jones things and, and what happened last year where I think some people maybe like Kraft – view things a little bit differently than maybe the general public and, and Belichick. Give it to me as, now. Give it to me now. Well, from what I understand from talking to people that I, I don't think people understand, and, and this will probably not help Mac Jones at all, and I'm just trying to tell you what I've been told, that what went on last year it was basically akin to like if you had a, an affair in your marriage. Like the 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 break of trust that happened last year. Never get it back. Between the coaching and then the zappy thing. Like you could say all the right things and Bill, you know, like, but, you know, the, the trust isn't fully there ever again. And then when things get tough, it comes back out. And I think that, and I think the crafts understand what went on. And so does that buy Mac Jones more time? Probably and with his contract, yes. But you have to make other plans. You have to, you know, and maybe you draft a quarterback and maybe he's not ready year one. Maybe the plan is to sit him. You know, and that's fine. But, you know, you got to construct your, your franchise to be successful. And that includes having multiple options for the quarterback position, not what the what the hell they did on Sunday so with you think Malik Cunningham. There's just more leniency or understanding, or whatever word you want to use there, for Mac Jones' performance this year as a residual from what happened with Patricia and Judge. That's what I you're do saying. believe that, yes. Okay. Comparisons suck because you can always poke holes in them. I, I can understand you're not getting over your wife cheating. I can get that. You don't get over that. You should be able to get over a bad coach for a year. Like that's, it's just not the same. Yeah, but I think it it was it was deeper. I think I think the Belichick Mac Jones marriage is broken, and that's tough. I mean, for the franchise quarterback, yeah, not to think that yep. the 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 head coach is in his. In his corner? Well, I'm sure Bill worked so hard to make things right. <laughs> well, right. I mean, I, like this is what, but this is why I felt it was a fireable offense last year. I agree. It's a it's a fireable offense to do what he did. The quarterback will never look at him the same way. He'll never look at him the same. way. But it way. wasn't just the coaching; it was the zappy thing, the Chicago game. Oh, it was game. horrible, Greg. Yeah. It was horrible. I mean, we all said it at the time. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Bill left it up. He left it up royally. He really he might have screwed up the kid's career. That's how the and kid his looks. own in the process. Yeah, well, and that's how Jones looks at it, though, is my point. Mm-hmm. Like, Jones looks at it and goes, you just effed my whole career. Like, that, I don't think that goes away. I mean, just go back to Bill's comments going into Mac's second season. I mean, just play that soundbite about how, how he, he talked about him. And then what happened? By the end of it, 
Yeah, he can play quarterback in the league. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, we're off and running. Those are some opening thoughts for you. What do you got for the big boy? We'll get to you right after these words. The name to know when the drains don't flow. John Sewer. We get the job done. John Sewer takes clog drains seriously. Their team of technicians is trained to solve any clog or issue in our area's old complex drain systems. John Sewer and Drain are equipped to respond to your emergency fast. Visit johnsewer.com to learn more. John Sewer. Get the job done. On the Sports Hub. Now, more of Felger and Birch on the Sports Hub. This one from the near hash mark from 42. The snap in place, the hold by Cole, the kick is aloft to the uprights, and the kick is good. And yet again, a head start for the opponent. It's 3 0 Las Vegas. Well, check that. Oh, now there's a flag. flag. A flag, flag at the line of scrimmage. Better not be a defensive hold. Personal foul. Leverage. Defense for 96. Oh, stupid. Automatic. First down. Can you be any dumber here? No, you can't. Second-year defensive lineman employed on the field goal block. Can't leverage. A critical penalty on the Patriots special teams. You might as, you, the only way you could be dumber is sign Jamie Collins back and have him run and jump. They changed the rule for that. Unbelievable. Three off the board, and you give him a 15-yard freebie. And we just replay that from Sunday because it's just coaching, the coaching part of it. It's like, boy, Bill says we're going to start all over, fresh start, and they come out, and in all three phases, penalties, not ready to go. First two offensive snaps, penalties. First defensive series, offsides. For a special teams snap, really. Leverage. Hype, you know. And the shanked punt. And then never mind performance issues, which are sort of different. I'm sort of talking about mm-hmm. just head up your ass sort of things. Lining up offsides. Uh, and so the I think Bill's totally lost his touch. There's no more buttons to push. There's no more. like Even, again, I reiterate this. Even post-Brady, when it was time to reset against a beatable opponent, they almost always did it. Whether that was Cam Newton or Joe Drudge and Matt Patricia or Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi or you name it. Again, those Zappi games were beatable opponents. They reset and they were clean. And uh, that that's over. That doesn't even happen anymore. So it's over. Like that's just final nail in that coffin, I think. To your thoughts for a big boy here. Here's Ryan and Bill Rico. Go ahead, Ryan. Greg, um, I just had two questions about uh, receivers. Question, why did Devontae Parker get extended at the end of the year? Uh, the Miami Dolphins clearly didn't think there was much talent there. They traded him in the division. And I know you said in the beginning of the year about Kayshawn Booty, how don't expect him to play. I don't know. Devontae Parker and Juju look like the two worst starting receivers in football. And what I see in Kayshawn Booty is maybe a little spark there. I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, at this point, uh, after what we've seen out of Juju and Devontae, like, why not give Booty a chance? And, it, you know, those decisions are mostly based on practice and we're not there. Um, you know, we don't know how he's getting the playbook and how he runs routes and things like that. But, you know, given the state of things and how they do those things with their quote-unquote starters, why not give the kid a chance? I mean, I just think, you know, truthfully, like, I'm I'm done with Juju and Devontae, especially after his post-game press conference. 
And, you know, the drop was one thing and not taking accountability, but that route on third down. Oh, my God. The earlier route that Romo called out. We didn't touch on this yesterday. You remember that, Maz? Where he uh, paused and, like, did this little thing. Your mic's not working for some reason. Uh, But uh, I don't think it's on your end. Go ahead. Try again. No. No. Okay. Anyway. Hello. Shout out. Oh, there it is. Hey, there we go. Uh, yeah, no, that route on third down, pathetic. It was mm-hmm. pathetic. I mean, it's he, he literally came to a standstill. And Mac Jones was letting go of the ball. Like, the the corner was off. I bet you Mac was just thinking he's going to run up and just hitch and he's just going to throw it. And they can't even do that. That's how pathetic this offense is. And it's just, it, it's, it's a joke. I don't understand. So the, the caller, um, Ryan, asked about the why they extended him. Uh, it was because they didn't get DeAndre Hopkins on the contract that they wanted. And to sm- smooth over feelings with Parker, they gave him a little bit oh, of a bump. I you, mean, don't, you, you don't want him upset. No, I know. Yeah. I imagine yeah. how little he would try if he was mad. <laughs> uh, Jesse New Bedford, go. Hey, guys. Um, uh, Cattles, Badad, uh, had something on X where he was comparing Tua, uh, Tua and uh, Mac Jones where they're basically the same quarterback. But he, here's the similarity. Tua had Flores, which was the New England head coach. Who did he have as the number one receiver? Parker. Who did he have as tight end? Gusecki. Who did he bring as, as his OC? Chad O'Say. So the owner said, nope, we're not doing this because we have a system quarterback who's a pocket quarterback. He brought in McDaniels, shipped out Parker to you know where, shipped out Gusecki to you know where, built around his quarterback, gave him weapons, gave him an O-line, and now they're saying Tua is an MVP candidate. So the similarities are so Crazy. I'll just type it there. You said that was Cattle's point. Another rare one. An- another. <laughs> You're brutal. Rare. Be nice. Well, oh, wait a minute. I'm just like joking. I'm joking. Look, I'm not picking on Cattle's. It's not like that hasn't been said before. No, like, no. Tua- but I mean, it's so stark. Right. Well, yeah. Two. But <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Tua and Jones. How many of us have said along the way they're really not that different? Well, let me mm-hmm. ask you, Maz. Do you think if if just flip the two guys, two is a little better. Okay, two is a little better. He's more athletic, and uh, to me, I've said this, he throws a better ball. I don't know how to explain it other than that. I don't know if his arm is that much stronger, Greg. Maybe his mechanics. No, no, but I... He steps into it. He throws a tighter ball. He throws a tighter spiral. He does. He totally does. I don't know if his arm's any stronger, though, but... It's more it's more aerodynamic. Yes. How stupid is that? But it's that. No, it, he throws a better ball. He I, spins it a little better. Yeah, it's a very sort of generic way to describe it, but he does. He throws a better ball. You know what's interesting about Miami is that... But not uh, by much. Yeah, what's interesting about Miami is that their line is terrible. I mean, it's not probably quite as bad as the Patriots, but because they have so many of those other weapons, it's because they do so much with the motion and you have to, like... He McDaniel knows what he has. He's like, we don't have an offensive line. So he schemes around it because he's able to because they have talent. They have options. The Patriots have no options to do anything like that. They used to be able to scheme around it. Mm-hmm. I'm going back years now. There were years there where Brady didn't have a great offensive line, but the ball came out fast, and they had guys who could get yeah, open. Yeah, because Gronk and Edelman and you know James right. White, you had to account for those guys. But again, to this point, when a Belichick guy was there, it's like, harumph, harumph, this guy can't play. Yep. And do anything to really surround him. And look, I, I think Tua's has probably gotten better. You should get better by year four, and he probably has. But just, just the approach, the approach here is backwards. It is system first. And by the way, you know, similar another similar quarterback. How did Brock Purdy look 
on Sunday against a good defense when his left tackle went out, Christian McCaffrey went out, and Debo Samuel went out. He he looked like a guy who couldn't carry the offense. He still got, and he still got him in position to win the game. Uh, they took, I mean, it was low scoring. I mean, they took that weenie kicker ahead of yours. I think. Yeah, they did. Uh, Bob and Quincy, yes, Bob. Hey, uh, guys, it's it's just stunning to me that the problem is everything, and you know that last like series I think was the perfect microcosm of this season. You know, dumb penalty, then a nice pass that just isn't caught inexplicably. And then, Greg, what were they doing with Viridian Lowe and Mike Gesicki trying to block one of the top pass rushers in the league? Let's uh, let's stop with that one. Well, I mean, I do think that Hunter Henry was out of the game at that point. And so they were, you know, they were down options as far as that would normally probably be Hunter Henry and Gesicki would be the receiving option. Um, why it wasn't Farrell Brown, I don't know. Um, and I actually, it's things are so bad on this offense that I actually like Farrell Brown on the field a lot. <laughs> and I think that Ezekiel Elliott's like their best player. That's how bad <laughs> things are on this offense. But uh, that final play, I mean, look, that's what you get when you get, you know, when you ask Mike Gesicki, to chip Max Crosby and you know the reaction around the league was basically like what'd you expect I mean he's not gonna he's he, he barely even tried to block him three up three down with the big boy after the headlines you know that education changes lives but did you know you can get a degree at Cambridge College while you work full-time it's because their programs are designed for busy adults with flexible schedules 24-7 support and affordable tuition Plus, at Cambridge College, you can go at your own pace, which is helpful because, you know, life. Whether you're considering a degree or certificate, you owe it to yourself to check out Cambridge College. Ready to change your future? Get started today at cambridgecollege.edu. Now, bring it back, bring it back, bring it up. Now more Felger and Mass on the Sports Hub. And now, it's time for three Touchdown! Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Right, it's that time of week. Time for three up, three down with Greg Bedard, presented by Tullamore Two Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Two Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Three studs, three duds, three up, three down from the game. Let's do the three up. I know it's difficult, but let's find three positive uh, Patriots or whoever from this ball game. Greg, go ahead. Christian Barmore. We talked uh, going into the game that I didn't like the Raiders guards, uh, Parham and Van Roten. They are um, not good, and Barmore just ate up Parnham in this game. I had him for eight impactful plays. This is one of the best games he's ever played. Start to finish, he got a lot more playing time. He was really good. Can I just say, believe it or not, I actually did not have a hard time coming up with three ups. They had a few good players in this game. They were in the game. It wasn't like the blowouts. Barmore was my number one, too. He was a force, absolute force in the middle of the defensive line. Only took him six weeks. But but I'll take it. You know, it's a it's a weekly thing we do. Number two, uh, Kendrick Bourne. It's uh, it's funny that you know, two years ago or well three now when Barmore's first season here. You know, they used to by the end of the season they peppered him with a lot of passes, and here we are finally doing it again. You mean Bourne? Yeah, uh, Bourne. Uh, you know, two years later, it's just 
He needs to touch the ball. Look, and I don't think he was dynamic in this game. A lot of his stuff was sort of easy receptions. 36-yard game is awesome. Uh, you know, the catch and run. But he's the he's the only thing they have in the passing game right now. So just just feed him 15 times a game. Born, same guy. He was good. Again, there were there were some guys in the this weekend that played well. He was one of them. Uh, next, third. Jabril Peppers. Uh, you know, this defense has to make plays. You know, he made the biggest play, even though I think that was more Garoppolo being a beat late with that pass uh, than anything. But, I mean, just an unreal hit and huge play for the defense at that point. Zeke Elliott. I think Ezekiel Elliott's been good. I thought he was solid in this game as well. By the way, on him, uh, I'm a I'm a Ramondre guy, and he did have a nice run in the second half, so maybe that'll get him going. But on film, Zeke's the best running back that they have, and they might as well just put him in the lead role for now. Uh, three down. Let's get to the good stuff, please. Mac Jones. I thought he was bad in this game. I had him for one up. That was the Devontae Parker pass uh, that was dropped. But other than that, I, I was not impressed with this play. Uh, his p- completion percentage might have been really high. All of it was dink and dunk. And that's the way they need to go, and that's fine. But he left plays on the field. There were plays where Bill O'Brien called the right uh, the right beater, like against cover two or what have you. He had the right plays on, and Mack wasn't making the throws. He had Kendrick Bourne open one time on the left sideline. Bourne had his hand up, didn't throw it. Uh, the throw out of bounds to Tyquan Thornton was – you know, a balloon ball and it wasn't even close where you got to give the guy a chance. His his eyes, he's staring things down. Even the first sack of the game, I split that between him and Moffey. He, Mac stared in the middle of the field at Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne, and there were four Raiders there. He should have gotten off of that right away, went backside to Parker for a completion. He does that time and time again. And the other thing is, and we have seen this in recent weeks. It wasn't much better in this game. He's starting to see the rush. You know, when when he sees a, a flash of the jersey, you know, he, he aborts the play, and he doesn't need to abort the play. He's His eyes are just in the wrong place as far as quarterbacking and also reacting to the rush. Devontae Parker, it's one thing to play poorly. It's another to act like a loser, and that's what he did. He did both in that game. Number two. Darian Lowe. I mean, a lot of it isn't his fault. It, to be put in that position is not fair against Max Crosby. I mean, but he gave up, you know, seven total quarterback pressures. His 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 technique is just it's awful. He it he he's got no punch. He leans forward too much. I wonder if he's getting any coaching from Adrian Clem because it hasn't improved at all uh since he got here. It's just it's not good enough. Adrian Clem. That's why I go with him instead of Vidarian Lowe. It's not Vidarian Lowe's fault. The guy was a scrub. They picked him up at the end of camp or whatever, early in the year, whenever it was. He was another team's cast off. What do you expect? So, yes, he sucks. That's why they got rid of him. It was Minnesota, right? Didn't Minnesota get rid of yeah. him? And so that's why Minnesota got rid of him because he sucks. Number three. Antonio Moffey, similar. You know, he shouldn't be out there. He was benched last game, but only went in because of uh, injury. But I also wanted to add uh, Devontae Parker, J.C. Jackson was awful in this game. Uh, had another bust that luckily Garoppolo didn't see Devontae Adams wide open. It was another. It was very similar to last week where they were in, supposed to be in cover three, but he was in man-to-man. He's done that a few times. And Kyle Duggar, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but he is really scuffling at free safety. I. It was either him or Peppers that was responsible for the uh, Jacoby Myers touchdown. Somebody was supposed to be in the middle of the field and rotate back. I think it was, um, I, I think it was Duggar. But he didn't do it. And then also the 48-yard pass uh, to Tucker, the Hoyer pass. I wouldn't sleep on Brian Hoyer. Good job, Greg.
Uh, he, I think uh, Duggar, Duggar got too distracted by Devontae Adams. It was like Josh McDaniels knows Kyle Duggar and was like, I just need to flash Devontae Adams. He's going to get out of position, and Tucker's going to be wide open. Their free safety play blows. Again, I know we said this last week. It sucks. I went with Bryce Barringer. You know, the Patriots, I think Romo mentioned this, or maybe it was the week before. They're one of the worst teams in the league in net punting average, and they needed one early in the game last week. He shanked it. It feels like he shanks one every other week. How many shanks has he had here early in the year? <laughs> don't, no, don't, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. It's not good. And, and again, now I'm picking on the punter. Like, they got bigger problems than that. But you know what? He has sucked. Like, he's been bad. Bad. Okay. Three up, three down. We actually got three up. But overall, Greg, just your leadoff thought, you didn't see any real signs of progress in this game. I mean, you still think they got smoked for the most part. Yeah, I didn't see any real progress. I think it mostly had to do with the Raiders and where they are, and they're not that talented, especially at cornerback, so they couldn't play a lot of press man. You you get any team that plays press man, they'll get a little bit of a uh, a break against Buffalo, and Buffalo has a ton of injuries uh, on the defense. But anytime they go up and against aggressive defense, like Dallas, like New Orleans, it's going to be a train wreck. They don't have any – there are no ready answers, and almost all of it has to do with the offensive line. I mean, they have to scheme around the offensive line and to have a chance on offense, and they just can't do it. All right, back to your calls in our long commercial-free segment with Greg right after this. Get great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Shaw's and Star Market. Head into Shaw's and Star Market and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. Visit Shaw's or StarMarket.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Michael Felger is the man. I'm the freaking man. At least he thinks so. Why wouldn't you want me? Why shouldn't you want me? The audience, eh, not so much. You know how ridiculous you sound. It's the man and man. You tools don't know what you're talking about. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Many are wondering if we are seeing the final season of Bill and his incredible run in New England, as accomplished as any coach has ever been anywhere. What is your perspective on it? I think Bill Belichick is considering it, and I also think Robert Kraft is the one that has to start to consider, is it time to move on? Because right now, if they get a top-five pick, Mr. Kraft has to decide if Bill is the right one to take one of those three, four quarterbacks, whatever it may be that you can possibly get, and if he wants to start over with Bill. That's Mr. Kraft's, uh, that's Mr. Kraft's decision. That's an owner's responsibility. Bill always talks about doing your job, and that is Mr. Kraft's job to consider. But the, the, the wins now, I said this on NFL Countdown, Sunday NFL Countdown yesterday. Bill, I have always known Bill to only coach for meaningful wins, meaningful in terms of division championships, playoff wins, Super Bowls. It, it's shifted now. The meaningful wins are now all for him. All right, it's for the Shula mark. Isn't that over all of him right now? Yeah. All of the, the organization? Sure. Yes. The 18, he needs to get Shula. I mean, there's, I think it's eight more until all-time loss record also. So, I mean, that's what it's all about, though. That's never what I knew Bill to coach for and to coach, for, like, the goal being. So is it all about Shula? Because if it is, we really got to look in the mirror and say, where are we going in the future? And that's, that's a tough decision for Mr. Kraft. So there's that uh, Teddy Bruschi sound everyone's been talking about the last couple of days. To me, Greg, I asked you before, what's uh, you know what are you focused on most with the big transitions that are coming? 
And to me, it's uh, what Belichick wants. Does Belichick want to keep going? Does he is he willing to go elsewhere and coach elsewhere? And uh, then all that entails, and then what his contract looks like, and then how that all plays out. And if he doesn't want to go elsewhere, how much are the crafts on the hook for? And how much does that impact their decision to move on or not move on and the money owed to him and like that whole thing? Like that that's what sort of interests me. Do you have any any thoughts on that? Any guesses, any informed speculation? Well, what I would say is I and, and I know everyone thinks this is an entirely lost season and they're headed for one and seven and you know, all that entails. And that's legit. You know, I do think that how the team finishes, like, you know, if they can be competitive the next two weeks, um, and then the schedule softens a little bit. If they can, and and the schedule in the second half of the season has softened. Like you know, teams like the the Giants and Denver, and you know where we looked and be like, you know, that's tough. Those are two tough road games, along with some others. You know, if if they close somewhat strong, if they look better, if they get the offense on track, if the offense offensive line gets healthy, um, you know, and and they play good football the second half of the season, I think that could embolden Belichick a little bit. And, you know, to point at, oh, well, it was just injuries that did us in. And, you know, look, when we got a semblance of a team, look where we are. Now we're building in the next season. Maybe Mac Jones looks better. Maybe some trust has been regained. And so then that puts the crafts in a really tough position. I think if, if it's just bad the whole rest of the season, they go like, you know, four and 13, then I think it's, I think it's pretty easy. I think that, that Bill, you know, will look at it and say, like, you know, I need to step away. Now, okay. does that mean he's, Do you think he's, he's gone? Done? Yeah. I don't know. I think he would need to take a beat and think about it. But, you know, if somebody comes to him, like, say, you know, the, the new Washington owner, um, or, you know, look, the stuff in Carolina is not good. With Frank Reich had that press conference uh, where he basically talked about his meetings on Mondays with Dave Tepper, and he's like, they're not fun. You know, and there's a lot going on there, which I'm sure Tepper doesn't like. And Tepper has humongous pockets. And if he's looking for, you know, they have Bryce Young looking for someone to come in and and sell the program and sell tickets. Why not give Belichick a blank check? Let him do whatever he wants to do. Oh, yeah. Bill will love meeting with him on Mondays. Uh That'll go well. So uh, that's your way of saying you think there would be a spot if Bill wants to keep going. I think there would. I don't think there will be a ton, but I think there will be an opportunity if he wants to. How it's constructed will be important to whether he does it or not. But, yeah, I think he'll have opportunities. Yeah, and that's why – I mean, I, I, I guarantee he's going to have an opportunity. I can't guarantee that he'll have full control and will be able to come in under the conditions he's under right now, $20 million a year, full control of hiring and firing and spending on the – you know, whatever the budget happens to be, spending within that, you know, like – all that I, I I don't I doubt he would get all that, but he'll have a coaching job if he wants it. Vegas, sure. go ahead, Jimmy. Vegas GM he already knows Garoppolo's there. He's got Devonte Adams as a receiver. He's got on good relationship with the owner of the team. Vegas would be the next stop for Belichick, in my opinion. Greg stop. is smirking. No, I mean, <laughs> uh, no. Well, first of all, Mark Davis is not going to pay Bill. $25 million a year. He yeah. might not have to because if Kraft, if Kraft lets him go, Kraft can pay for Bill to go to Vegas. Well, uh-huh. yes, but that would entail Kraft firing Bill, which he won't do. They will, you know, they will do it 
They will figure out a way legally where they're on the hook, and he's going to have to either no, Davis no. is going to have to pay him or he's going to have to give them draft pick compensation. This is Bill's leverage. You're going to bring me back, Robert, the way this looks? Good luck. You're going to have to fire me. You're going to have to fire me. And that means when I get the next job, you're on the hook for offset language, and your only recourse is to bring me back. Bill can play hardball with that. Like that that's what interests me. So you you're hitting on what's interest on what inter- this this little competition now. The power play. The leveraging between the two and who's got it and so I mean this is all presuming Bill's got years left on his contract. I was just going to say that. What yeah. if he doesn't? Yeah, so we don't know. You know, then that it's if he walks, he walks and then the, the crafts aren't doing anything and Davis is on the hook but uh you're right whoever said that Mark Davis yeah, Mark Davis can't afford it. He can barely afford Josh. He he has no money. Wait till Tom comes on as an owner. Well, they've rejected him once. We'll see that. But now, does that work, right? Is if Bill, if uh, Brady wow. is part owner? Wow, you work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be ah, fun. That is great. I'm telling you, this is the good stuff. This is why I was rooting last night for the Chargers. I want Dallas to be clearly in a spot where they realize McCarthy's nothing, and they have this really talented roster, and they have a Super Bowl ready team, but they don't have the coaching. And Bill has already gone on record and said how much he respects the way the Cowboys do business and how much he respects their personnel department and how much he respects Stephen Jones and, again, the personnel head there whose name I forget. Bill's gone on record about how much he appreciates all of that. So is that a group of people he would work with? You would think so. And he gets the next LT on top of it. He gets the next LT. I think he likes the van, and I'm just guessing there. And uh, you, mean, you mean McCatwick. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that uh, I know Jerry Jones doesn't like to pay his coaches, but hey, he's at the end of the road. That's a Super Bowl team down there. So I'm just rooting for it to go bad in Dallas. So that's an opening. This is the stuff that I want to see. That would be pretty good. Okay, So I want Bill to keep going. But then there's a whole nother one that if Bill says now, I'll just go into the broadcast booth where he'll suck. But, you know, take his money there. Are the crafts still on the hook for his full salary? They fire him. He's not taking a football job. He's taking a job outside of football. Do they still owe him what they owe him? And how much is that? You know, if it's $50 million, that's a that's a thing. You know, so I, I think Bill does have I, – I, if he has years left on his contract at that kind of money, he does have leverage over them. And so I want to see how that all plays out. I, I promise, right to your calls after Murray's 90 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players – Pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Bpod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know that education changes lives, but did you know you can get a degree at Cambridge College while you work full-time? 
It's because their programs are designed for busy adults with flexible schedules, 24-7 support, and affordable tuition. Plus, at Cambridge College, you can go at your own pace, which is helpful because, you know, life. Whether you're considering a degree or certificate, you owe it to yourself to check out Cambridge College. Ready to change your future? Get started today at cambridgecollege.edu. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me having an on. In therapy. Sucks! Sucks, sucks, stupid sucks. It's Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. If, let's say, it is the end, right? And he and Robert Kraft decide to go their separate ways for whatever reason. This is the end of the road. He still doesn't get to Don Shula. Is there an owner who sees how badly it has gone the last couple of years there and says, I'm willing to give a 72-year-old Bill Belichick the keys to my car? Oh, absolutely. It's Bill Belichick. Absolutely. I, I do think, though, however, I think... The style of a Belichick or guys kind of who just, you know, kind of leave with that iron fist. I think those that style doesn't resonate as much anymore. I think a, a Dan Campbell or Sean McVeigh guys like, or Mike Tomlin, they, they resonate because these cats now, they need something authentic because they're looking on social media all the time and there's nothing real on here, right? You are looking at filtered highlights of a fraction of a day and it's not real you're comparing yourself to everybody else's highlights none of them are real or they're getting so much hate on twitter they're just seeing hate so they don't want to get more hate in their own locker room from their head coach so i just think styles of coaches that are resonating now are a little bit different than they have in the past and i think you you know a a guy like a dan campbell who just you know man this guy is authentic you know really authentically driven with these guys it resonates a lot um, and I think even more positive reinforcement with these guys instead of ruling with fear works a lot better these days. It's Jay Glazer, Fox Sports. That first part. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a spot for Bill. He's Bill Belichick. So there's that. And then the whole second piece, you know, Bill's going to find it hard if he does start over because of the way that he manages. It's one thing for him to do it here where he, you know, runs the place. And someone's coming into his house. It's sort of expected. I think it's a little easier for him to carry himself the way Jay's, you know, expressing the iron fist sort of thing. Walking into a whole new environment with that, he's going to have to drop it, which I, I don't know if it's going to work. It's not him. It wouldn't be authentic, as Glazer was saying. But anyway, uh, back to your phones here, as promised. Here's Jake and Foxborough. Go ahead, Jake. So I guess, you know, we're in a rebuild now. We're finally admitting we're in a rebuild. And if Robert Kraft doesn't do something about the GM head coach position, he's doing a fundamental disservice because I don't know about you guys, but there's zero confidence for the majority of the people for Bill Belichick as a GM. And over the last three years, there should be very little confidence about Bill Belichick as a head coach. I'll let you guys discuss. Okay. How much confidence is there as Matt Groh as a GM? I mean, and how many, you know, there, there was a comment from uh, Bill O'Brien, we're going to play for you coming up, where, you know, he mentions Matt Groh as making that call making the, the quarterback call, meaning uh, the Malik Cunningham thing. Uh, but anyway, and you've, you've heard things that uh, it was Matt Groh that didn't like uh, Jacoby Myers or wanted Juju Smith-Schuster, et cetera, et cetera. Like, g- give me something on Matt Groh. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he's been empowered in that building. But as far as uh, performance, I mean, he definitely have his, has his beliefs about, you know, which guys. I think he's a little bit too adherent to the spreadsheet 
and you know not as much uh, on you know what makes guys tick and what's important in a football player you know but I, I will point out you know just because we're talking about macro you know Tyquan Thornton him being back in the lineup this week like his his speed is real like they need him on the field they need him to do something and you know I, I do think you know his his draft picks for the most part uh, I do think he oh, his first year he overdrafted that the whole draft was overdrafted um you know you don't take a guard where you did Cole Strange unless he's going to be Zach Martin you know, don't just don't do it. You have to know, not some guy from a small school. But anyways, I think, you know, his draft pick, you know, whether it's Jack Jones, talking about on the field, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, um, you know, Keon White this year, Gonzalez, like, you know, they've made some good picks. You know, I, I like the direction that the personnel has gone. I just think he has a big, huge weak spot as far as pro personnel. And he wasn't trained there. He's more on the college side. But, you know, you need to play into Elliot Wolf and, and um, you know, Patrick Stewart is back. Those guys have experience. I mean, it'll be an interesting dynamic. You know, who is the guy in personnel? I mean, because, you know, Wolf and Stewart have probably a better resume, have better resumes than Gro does. Matt in Rhode Island. Yes, Matt. Hey, guys. How you doing? So question for Greg and then a question for Maz. So, Greg, I know you mentioned the Patriots' strength of schedule being, you know, one of the reasons why they are where they are, but – uh, from my perspective, that's on Bill. He's always been good about, you know, building his defenses for the start of the season, for looking at the entire slate. Um, he should have done the same with the offense. And then, uh, Maz, I think you're right about that guy Sirianni being a tier three coach. I mean, did you watch that game against the Jets where they got shut out in the second half and the Jets had like five corners out, whatever the hell it was? I mean, I'll stop you there. You want to just weigh in quickly? Well, yeah, sure. I'm not surprised that I was right. <laughs> uh, the schedule. Yeah, the schedule's tougher. I still would look at it and say there's three winnable games in the first six. You know, if, if these are still the Patriots, even the post-Brady Patriots, I keep reiterating this because they were still this with Cam Newton. They were this with Patricia and Judge. Never mind Mac Jones's rookie year where they were a little bit more than this. But in a regular Patriots year, even post-Brady, they sweep up the Jets. They take care of the Saints at home. They take care of that not-ready Raiders team. And then they probably get beat by the better teams. And, you know, you face two backup quarterbacks. You face Zach Wilson, who's their backup, and you face Brian Hoyer. You were beating backup quarterbacks before, so this year's different, Greg. It's a, it's a new low. It, is, it has gone to a, a lower spot than it's been, and that's sort of what stands out. Yeah, and I, I just think it, it speaks to Bill's roster construction, that, you know, it's a, it's a middling roster and so you know you needed when things were going well here the set aside Brady um you know all three phases of the game did their part to win games and there were there were games where each of those units could carry the other one and you figured you know new offensive coordinator disaster last year it it was going to take time on offense so you needed the defense and you needed the special teams to hit to hit big Instead, you know, we're six games into the season and the defense is middling and the special teams are by far the worst in the league. By DVOA, they're like double the the next team in front of them. I mean, it's pathetic. It's Isn't that unbelievable? Pathetic. It is pathetic. And it's, again, the special teams have been bad for three or four years. Oh, my God. The money they spent on it and the bandwidth that Bill devotes to it and this freaking accord is still around. And people think Joe Judge, good special teams coach, based on what? I mean, it's just it's insane. I mean, and I, you talk about someone who has pictures of Belichick with barnyard animals, Cam Accord. Has to. How does that guy still have a job? Andy in North Attleboro. Yes, Andy. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, this, 
this Patriots team's a train wreck, and and it's definitely time to push the push the panic button on this team. Um, the solution, though, is obvious. You fire Bill. You give all that money to Coach Prime. You draft Shador. Okay, I'll just stop you. Uh, Dion and Shador Sanders. Greg, your <laughs> thoughts? Uh, look, I'm not opposed to it. I don't know much about Dion, the coach. I mean, he was at Jackson State. This is, you know, he's what four and three at Colorado right now. Um, you know, you this isn't you're not selling. You know, in college football, you sell. You know, it's just like you know, college basketball and college football. The the you know the best teams are are those that you know just get the best recruits. You just have to sell. You know that's not the NFL. I mean, it was like when Nick Saban when I covered him with the Dolphins, Nick got frustrated that he couldn't just go and recruit a whole you know the top recruiting class or a new quarterback, and he he really he got frustrated with that that he couldn't change things over overnight like you can in college. And so, look, I I mean it would it would be fun having him here. I, I haven't watched his son play very much, but. uh <laughs> there's a lot that goes on to make an NFL team successful. I told you, I think Dion in the NFL would be a disaster. Okay. But I love the idea. I love the idea of bringing him here. Tom, that would be awesome. Tommy and Lynn, what do you guys say today? Quickly. What's up boys? This is what I got to say today. Belichick should be stripped as the GM because this past off season, he did not do anything to upgrade this roster for Mac to get anybody here. Tommy, you still want him and, as a coach? Yeah, I, I, I still want him as a coach because he's still a good coach. Okay, I think you're crazy. Uh, Bedard, stripping Bill of the GM duties and making him just a coach, does that work? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I think, it's, I think it's over. I think his, his way, his vision – of a football team is is gone its way. Right, and his and then him coaching someone else's vision, why would you want that? You wouldn't. Okay, so... I think it's one of the, like, I think it's crazy. Never mind the fact that it took about three weeks this year and he lost the locker room. So there, he doesn't, the, 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 if, if he ever had it, and I think he did, any of that magic dust, that Patriot Bill Belichick hoodie magic dust, listen to me, and you'll be successful. I think that's still carried over for a couple of years, even after Brady left. It's gone. He hit the reset button last week, and they got worse. And I mean, the, to start, anyway. Do you think he's a good leader? No. I mean, I, I think when he has his fastball and he's hitting the right buttons, people will follow him because he's competent. And when he's coaching well, he's a really good coach. But I, I, don't, I, I, I think he's lost this room. So... You're going to strip him from GM duties. So now you're going to have him with his vision coaching someone else's vision. Why would I do that? And, oh, by the way, he doesn't get the response from the players in the rank and file like he used to. So what's the point of this? And that's what I mean by leader, Greg. I don't think he's a good leader. In fact, I'm not sure he's ever been a good leader. And when I say good leader, I'm talking about the ability to look at someone and get them to buy in just by talking to them. Well, I mean, I think well, he was obviously I'm, a good compliment when Brady was here. I, like, I, you can't deny that. Well, you, because Brady would land. Well, because they were winning. And so it all sort of gave it weight. But I do think, and you hear some of the, the former players talk about, you know, you know, when you run a team, you need the you need the players to buy into you, and and Bill was able to do that because he would say we need to do X, Y, and Z, and we will win the game, and then they would go out there, and that would happen. And you just look at the how ineffective they have been, especially to start games. I mean, that's whole Bill selling his whole program is trust me, right. I know how we need to win. Right. When you come out and in the last ten games, and I just had the nine out of the last ten games. 
they have trailed, you know, by at least a touchdown, often by double digits to come out and start games. That's when you lose belief, when your players are just like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about anymore. We spent all week, this is what we're going to do. Yep. Then you go out and do it, and automatically you're down by two scores in the first quarter. Week after week after week. So it's like, what, why would you want that guy to continue to coach your team? His strength was always the X's nose, and now's the, now they don't work. Ten questions with Bedard right after this. The name to know when the drains don't flow. John Sewer, we get the job done. John Sewer takes clogged drains seriously. Their team of technicians is trained to solve any clog or issue in our area's old complex drain systems. John Sewer and Drain are equipped to respond to your emergency fast. Visit johnsewer.com to learn more. John Sewer, we get the job done. If this is how he talks to listeners. If you want to play this game, kids, you've picked the wrong guy. Don't come here. I know everything. What kind of a parent is he? I know everything on this topic there is to know, and I'm right. You know I'm right, and you're not going to get anywhere here. So go somewhere else. Michael Felger, Afternoons with Tony Maserati on the Sports Hub. And he's right. You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, 10 questions around the league, 10 minutes with Greg Bedard. Uh, we got to stay on time, so what are our buzzer options, James? You know, the other take I had is Tony Romo f- sucked yesterday. <laughs> well, that was, was set on the air. Romo's better this year. Uh, yes, I agree. he has started watching the film again. No, I he's, agree. he's yep. been a little bit better, but it's still. Probably should have taken that Vicodin before the game. I don't know, Jim. Still get a little too much of that. <laughs> Next. And what the hell does before mean? What does that mean? Thank you, Chris. What does that mean? Next. Sorry, over. <laughs> she moved out. No, no, no. Yes, 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 that was, though. That Next. Was a great call. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. What's that about? That was um, be Belichick. Anything. No, that was about bringing Belichick back as a coach and not GM. <laughs> Next. Last one. <laughs> Mac Jones is a little bit of a goofy laugh. Okay, hit it. <laughs> Greg, what's the worst team you ever covered any year, any sport, and where does this team rank? The 2004 Dolphins, the first uh, team I covered as a beat writer. It started when I was at the uh, urinal and found out that uh, – in midstream that Ricky Williams had retired and then it just got worse from there. Right. It was fired after starting one and eight. Jim Bates was the, was the interim coach. It was just a complete disaster. And where does this team rank? Well, I don't know. I kind of want to see him to get to one and eight and then see what happens. <laughs> 2001 Red Sox, hands down. 
doing uh, Manny Ramirez on the bus telling Joe Kerrigan to go F himself. In the practice. <laughs> Not the travel secretary one, too? No, that was a different year. Yeah. That, the uh, 2000, uh, that was the same year as uh, 9-11. The Red Sox had a practice at Fenway. Pedro got pissed off, and Kerrigan took off his jersey, threw it up in the air, walked off the field. All kinds of crap. That was a that was that team was a colossal pain in the ass. I never covered a true bottom feeder. My first year on the Bruins was Joe Thornton's rookie year. They made the playoffs with Pat Burns. I covered the last year of Pete Carroll. They were seven and nine. You know, I I never covered a bottom feeding lottery team. This is why it's ingrained, Murray. I never want to go there. Yeah, this is it for me. This is rock bottom right here with this Patriots team. <laughs> All right, next. And what the hell does before mean? What does that mean? Should Tyreek Hill have been penalized for his backflip selfie the other day? Hey, it's fun. I understand. But the rule is no props. Like, they have to enforce the rule, or who knows what the hell these guys are going to bring out. I'm sorry. It's the rule. Can't do it. I say no. He got fined, right? Or is he? he's going to get fined, Probably. I think. I got no problem with it. I, you know, it's cool. Meaning the, the, the fine, meaning he should have been penalized? No, he should not have been penalized. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, no. Again, I got no issue with that from a penalty standpoint. A- as long as the prop isn't graphic. Exactly. As long as he doesn't pick up a sex toy in Buffalo and start, you know. Where do you draw the line? What if somebody brings out like a fake gun or something? And, oh, you know, I would draw the line well, there. Okay, yeah, sure. so I would draw the line on pornography and violence and things that are demeaning to women in my normal. Like, it's a pretty easy thing. If it's- what about a picture of like, uh, what if they're playing the Chiefs and somebody brought out a poster of Taylor Swift and, you know, or they're... To put in Travis Kelsey's I don't face. mind it. Uh, borderline. That, <laughs> that's borderline. You're right. Okay, there's a borderline. Yeah, one. as long as you're using someone's, like, therapy dog on the field or something like that. No, made for a fun <laughs> viral dog. clip. I it got was no fun. problem It was with funny. It. Yeah. No, that thing was funny. It was. It was great. Next. You know, the other take I had is Tony Romo f- sucked yesterday. <laughs> uh, when you watch the L.A. Chargers play football, Greg, what do you think? It's like going back to my childhood and watching Dan Marino, like, his last 10 years with an ineffective coach and, and bad roster around him. See, I don't think the roster is that bad. It's not bad, but it's not good enough in certain places. I just think they're 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 kind of a waste of talent. They're losers. They should be better than they are. Every year the Chargers add players. They have talented players. They don't win. My whole life, it's all a matter of time before they screw it up. Whether it's a bad pick, missed field goal, soul-crushing fumble, blown lead, the Chargers will always find a way to screw it up. And I, I think we've all collectively overrated Justin Herbert. No. No, no, no. He is so freaking good. Did you see the one where he was late throwing to the guy in the flat? Right, and he's not get... perfect, mm-hmm. but, you know. So, Murray only likes one quarterback. Uh, seriously. There's no, there's, I know. He's not, he's not I, worth I talking about. Be good or get out of my face. I think that's a pretty, that's a pretty decent Win baseline. titles or get out of my face. Yeah. So the, the only thing I, I, is I, I hate watching them, and I'm not even talking about the old – I'm talking about this Chargers team. I just think the coaching is horrible. The way they play defense is insulting. And that coach is actually a defensive coach. The going for it on fourth down makes me want to really wish that the the franchise was relegated or something. I mean, they did it again last night. It's mm-hmm. so unsettling. Like they just just play football. Like just I mean, play a game. Those three points were a factor. It's like, I, oh, I I hate Staley and the way that that coach is managed, which I think leads to this next question. Go ahead. No, 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 a thousand times no. Number seven, name a quarterback who just needs a change of scenery. Well, I'm assuming that Brandon Staley is going to be fired, but with the Spanoses and how cheap they are, I guess that's not a guarantee. But I say Mac Jones. I think him and Bill are done. He needs to go to either Josh McDaniels with Jimmy Garoppolo hurt or the Shanahan, one of the Shanahan family. And again, my my point is a good quarterback we think would have more success if he just got out of where he was. Jones. Comma, Daniel. 
out of New York. Oh, he's horrible. Talk about like an unforgiving market, horrible offensive line. I like Dayball, so I don't know if it's necessarily related to the coach, but that whole New York experience for a quarterback, because Zach Wilson's going through something similar, if they don't get it right away, it becomes impossible there. It really does. Justin Fields, get him out of Chicago. Atlanta should trade for him. He could start there or go back up in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts, get him out of Chicago. Though. Fields is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert is the answer. I mean, there's a lot of raw ability there. And he's wasted he's with those so good. with those a holes. I can't stand that team. I think, I think in, he's part of the problem. Though. I think they're insulting. You do. I do. Oh my god! Another quarterback snob. It's like no one's good. I, I didn't know, say he wasn't good. I don't know why you bother. I think he's missing something inside. I think he's hollow. Yeah, it, there's a lightning bolt in there. He's been chargered. Uh, next, you know, the other take I had is Tony Romo sucked give yesterday. Me, give me an early candidate for coach of the year. D'Amico Ryan's. Give it to him now. Good one. Good one. I was leaning uh, Mike McDaniel or uh, Dan Campbell. I'm going to go Robert Sala. Robert Sala, give it to him now. Yeah, that they're 3-3 three and three without Aaron Rodgers, and that thing didn't go completely sideways. They could still make the playoffs. And they lost to the Patriots. And if they do, he's coach of the year. Robert Sala. They'll still finish with a losing record. Is he? Well, I mean, but now. It's just, this is a daily talk show. As of now? Yeah, I mean, I bought, talk about quarterback commentary. Can I roll back the Zach Wilson quarterback commentary yeah, don't after care. that game? And they're now 3-3? Three and three? Mm-hmm. Robert Sala is the answer. Next. No, no, no. Who has been the biggest tool bag on the Patriots this season? Who has been the biggest tool bag of this Patriots season? Devontae Parker. Hands down, run away. Go right back to the season with the whole uh, DeAndre Hopkins thing and now this. Devontae Parker in a freaking landslide. See, your question was who's been the biggest tool bag of this Patriot season. I didn't know it had to be a player or a coach. I'm going with Mac Jones defenders. Week in, week out, <laughs> same thing. Never Mac's fault. Leave Mac alone. It's the offensive line. It's the coaches. Last year it was Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. It's the lack of weapons. It's never Mac Jones' fault. Come to the realization he stinks. Can I, I give you another one? Like no, no, but that that's a good answer. It works. Yeah. Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> Max on there somewhere. Uh, number four. What's wrong with the Buffalo Bills? No day ball, no running game, and injuries. Too much losing in the playoffs. I think it's kind of polluted them, and I think to the point where like they know they can't prove anything in the regular season. It's all about the playoffs, and they lose focus now. I think they need a coaching change there. Yeah, they're not the same offensively without Brian Dayball, and it's not just the quarterback. They they overemphasize the passing game. A game, a team like that, for, for where they play, and this is what bit them in the ass, I think, of the playoff laws against the Bengals, run the ball. They should be built to run the ball better. Next. No, 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 no a thousand times no. Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, will be inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame on Saturday. List in order of importance, Patriots defenders from that era, and stop when you get to Vrabel. I don't have a great frame of reference with this era, so I'm interested to see what you think of my list. Bruschi, McGinnis, Law, Seymour, Vrabel. Law, Seymour, Harrison, Bruschi, Vrabel. That's it. Uh, say I went McGinnis, Law, Seymour, Bruschi, Harrison, then Vrabel, sixth. That's it. That's it. He's behind. I'm sorry, who'd you have him behind again? Uh, I had him behind. McGinnis, Law, Seymour, Bruschi, and Harrison. Yeah, so Bruschi nips him. Bruski just nips him. He was a big playmaker. Because Bruski made a lot of plays on mm-hmm. the ball. You know, interceptions, things of that nature. Bruski was really good in those years. Uh, but Vrabel was close. But you I know, dock Harrison because he wasn't there for all of them. It's true. Yeah. You know, he had the two, you know, 03, 04. 
Played at such a high level, though. He was he awesome. Yep. He was awesome. I mean, that was as good as I've seen that position play. I mean, those first three guys to me are Hall of Famers. All three of them. Yeah. Harrison's not in, but he should be. I mean, th- those guys are Hall of Famers. I think they were awesome. Next. No, no, no. Dante Scarnecchia will also be inducted in the Patriots Hall of Fame this weekend. List in order of importance Patriots assistant coaches over the last 23 years and stop when you get to Scarnecchia. Ernie Adams because of the cheating, and then Dante Scarnecchia. Good answer. Scarnecchia, number one. Scarnecchia, number one. Yeah, I, again, I put Josh McDaniels up there. I thought he was good. He was an excellent coordinator when he was here. But in terms of the fall off, every time Scarnecchia leaves, they fall apart. Really? No, 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 no. They won a they Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl with Gooch. They, they, had a, okay. they had a drought with Scar, and Gooch came in, and they won a Super Bowl. But still. They, and then, but then they had to bring him back. They did. So I'm tempted to go Charlie Weiss. And he gets overlooked a little bit. I mean, Brady was developed. He didn't just, you know, he won. He won Brady as a rookie, and he. So the coaching deserves some credit there early on in his career, and that was Charlie. You know, that was Charlie Weiss, and uh, I think that gets overlooked a little bit. He was a really good offensive. He was a really good play caller. He was an excellent, excellent play caller, and he was the first guy to really get his hooks into Brady. So he deserves some of that credit. All right, next. And what the hell does before mean? What does that mean? Last one. What is your least favorite thing about the NFL or its games right now? All the penalties, but that's what you get with the new practice rules. They're, the players just aren't good enough on the fundamentals anymore. I like it right now. Defense is back. I like it. So I think a lot of people are bitching about the scoring, and but I say overall, I like the fact that I feel like the game's gotten more physical again in defense, or at least more physical than it had been. I like it where it is. Greg said penalties. It's one specific penalty. An eligible man downfield. <laughs> Pay attention to how many times it's now called in any game yep. that you tune into. I, it's clear the league, the A-hole league, said to the A-hole refs, keep an eye on this. It's called like nine times a game, no matter what game you watch. I don't mind it. Ugh. You have to do that because of all these RPOs and all this stuff. No, you got to stay behind the line. I don't mind yeah. that. Well, my answer is artificial turf. I, I'm, just, I'm just sick of watching games on plastic. I, I just I despise it more by the day. But I agree with Maz. I have clearly noticed, just watching across the league, like they finally have had enough reps that the defenses are for sure ahead of it. But I'm just noticing. Pads are down. Tackling's better. The hitting is up. The engagement is up. Like the quality of play, I think, in the last couple of weeks, from a physical standpoint, has gone up because it's like... It's football again. They do nothing in training camp. So it's like those first two to three weeks are really... Just them getting their feet wet and getting their getting a few hits in and getting, I don't know, calloused a little bit. And now I feel like the last couple of weeks I've clearly noticed the pads are down and they're laying some lumber. That Cleveland defense is ferocious. There's a lot of good defenses out there. There are. There are a lot of good defenses here is right. I like the where the league is right now. All right, back to your calls. And uh, a, a strange comment, I thought, from Bill O'Brien today during his availability. Uh, all coming your way after these words. Get great fall savings on all your home care and entertaining needs during the fall home care event at Shaw's and Star Market. Head into Shaw's and Star Market and get deals on products like Clorox disinfecting wipes, Swiffer wet mopping cloths, Lysol all-purpose cleaner, Swiffer wet jet mopping pads, Mr. Clean multi-surface cleaner, or Lysol power toilet bowl cleaner. Visit Shaw's or StarMarket.com or head into your local store for more details. Offers expire October 31st. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Now, more of Felger and Mads. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. 
Look, Malik's an improved guy. We had, I think Bill said it the other day. You know, we've had some injuries um, and things like that, and uh, Malik's done a lot of different things. He he can do a lot of different things, and and so I think that was a decision that um, Bill and Matt made. I don't make those decisions um, uh, the, to to bring him up, and they do they they make all those decisions in the best interest of the team where the team's at at the moment, and and uh, that's why they made the decision. So that was Bill O'Brien today discussing the way their quarterback depth chart looked like on Sunday in Vegas. So with, you know, Mac Jones and then Malik Cunningham, the two, and Bailey Zappi, the three, he said Bill and Matt made that decision. They make all those decisions, Bill and Matt. So what So what do we make of this, Maz? Well, that felt like a don't look at me. I'm, I had nothing to do with that one kind of thing. Well, of course, but why is it Bill and Matt? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you're asking me other than to say I look why at they including why is he including Matt Groh in that conversation? I, in the 20 years, I've never heard a coordinator say, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, Bill and Scott uh, decided to Bill and Nick Casario. Yeah, Bill and Nick Casario or Bill and uh, uh, Thomas uh, Dimitrov decided who our second quarterback was. So you think it's coming from ownership? I, I, no, I'm not saying, hey, I'm saying Bill O'Brien is making sure to say Matt Groh had a say in who's on the active game day roster since when can we just talk about that for a second the whole this is what i'm trying to do yeah but not as far as that like just as far as malik cunningham malik cunningham bailey zappy and and bill specifically so first of all what what i glean from that from just the situation itself is that and, and i agree with it bailey zappy is so bad that they were like if if mac jones gets hurt or it's a blowout. We'd rather have Malik Cunningham with like six plays running around. Like it'll be more effective than Bailey Zappi. That's the first thing. I mean, that's what they think. Yes, that's what they think. And I agree with them. He's been that bad. Okay. Did you think that last year? Uh, No. So he got worse? Mm, yes. Okay. Go I mean, ahead. he just maybe just doesn't fit the system. Well, no, I mean, that's consistent. Fine. I mean, because they when they drafted him, they drafted him for a simpler system, and he came from the air raid. He didn't, you know. This is a if the, for the traditional Patriots offense. I I I don't know whether Zappy's a fit, you know. So evidently, he isn't. I just don't know why you would have a guy that won two games and your starter absolutely blows and is can't get out of his own way. Why you wouldn't tailor a system to the guy that went two and zero last year for you last year as a starter? But again, I, that makes you angry when I say uh, that. Here, here's go ahead. No, no, it's Stuggers, just. It, a daily it's just, uh, zappy it, tantrum. It's just common sense. Okay. If you go 2-0 and with a guy and your current guy absolutely blows and is the worst guy in the league, why wouldn't you? Maybe he just doesn't fit the system. Maybe Taylor, he's completely wh- wh- ineffective to the point where they just got rid of him. They were like, okay, goodbye. If you sign someplace else, fine. This is my point. Why not just run some plays or run a system for a guy that went 2-0 and in that system last year? Because you like have to run a system. You have to run one system. You can't tailor things to three different people. Well, and like right they, now, they, like they do did, have three different quarterbacks. Feels like they just did something for Malik Cunningham. But go ahead. They didn't do anything. They just ran a package for him. But what I wanted to say was, this is, it. to me, this is a, this is, a window and an indictment on Belichick. This is how little he thinks of the quarterback position. I mean, this is emblematic of why Bill is in this position, that he enters a freaking NFL game with the New England Patriots without a backup quarterback. So if if Mac Joe behind a terrible offensive line, okay? 
Believe me, I'm with you on this. He easily could have gotten hurt in the first quarter against Max Crosby. Max Crosby could have decapitated him in the first quarter, and the Patriots would have run out there with Malik Cunningham. Like, is he George Costanza trying to get fired, going around the parking lot with the World Series trophy behind his car? Or are you tanking? It's something a tanking team would do. But anyways, he would rather... He, he's just so warped in his thinking about football that he would rather have Malik Cunningham, who might give him some stats on their worst special teams in the league as a gunner. He would rather have Michael Wenu, who can't even walk as the emergency guard out there on the roster instead of having a freaking backup quarterback active on game day in week six. I mean... What the hell are we doing here? He hates quarterbacks. I forgot about the Iwena who think is a good point. He, he basically was... needed a wheelchair to get out on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through the, the play sheet the other day. I didn't even think about him. I was thinking about that guy, Jay Farms. Jeremiah Farms. <laughs> Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yeah, yeah Jay, he played Jay, two snaps. Jay Farms <laughs> played two snaps. He didn't even play special teams. So I, 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 was going through, I was going through the play sheet the other day. It's like, what? who had to be out there that they couldn't have a real backup quarterback? And there's so much, you know, fl- fluff on this active roster. Like, did you need that? Did you need Jay Farms? I mean, if, if Mac Jones got hurt in the first quarter and they got blown out or, or what have you, if I was Kraft, I would have fired him on the plane ride home. I mean, like, seriously, who in the history of NFL football has ever anybody ever gone to a game with a backup quarterback who's not a quarterback? Bill O'Brien was asked about him during the course of the week about, you know, taking snaps at quarterback, and he basically, like, laughed. No, yeah, he said he's been good at receiver. He was like, oh, yeah. And he's gotten some work on teams. Yeah. Uh, So, so, Maz, you think that that's just O'Brien saying, don't look at me, look at everybody else. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't understand what what I – to me it was – Look, as much as I hate Bailey Zappi, I needed him as a backup, not that guy. Don't look at me. What what I'm angling for is that Matt Groh has say on the active roster. Like, that is not – Normal. I so mean, may- maybe that's what O'Brien's pissed at. Pioli, Dimitrov, uh, Casario. Yeah, they help pick players in April. And if Bill needs a third tight end off the waiver wire, yes. But then when it comes to Sunday, who gets the uniform or not? Who's on the 45 or the 46? Yeah, I don't remember Pioli making any of those calls. Maybe that's what O'Brien's pissed at then as I think about it out loud. So it comes time to pick the roster. O'Brien says, well, we'll have Zappi as the backup. Well, no, actually, I was talking to Matt about that. We think we're going to go with Cunningham. What? Yeah, no, no, no. This is the way we're going to go. We'd rather have this because we can't protect anyway. So O'Brien's going, so wait a minute. The owner brings me in here to run the offense. I have no backup quarterback. We've been trying to run people through here. And then the guy I do have who doesn't fit the system, you're going to take him away too and give me a guy who's never played the position before and do what? Trick packages when he's not ready for the position? Well, he was a quarterback in college. Well, okay. But, I mean, never played it in the NFL. Yes. So, like, I don't know. Maybe that's what he's pissed about. Because, again, I I still think O'Brien was brought in by Kraft. So now Bill's what? Is Bill going to grow and ignoring O'Brien now because the offense blows and F you? (laughs) I don't know. I just don't know why Matt Groh got a mention there. Not used to it. I mean. But the quarterback depth chart was. I mean, the quarterback thing. I just can't get. I like I like blacked out. Like, I mean, it's just it's so absurd. This is where we fall into. With this program. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know how people aren't making more of this. I mean, I part of me was I wanted to see, like, what happened. If Mac Jones got hurt and then they lost, like, what was going to happen? I mean, 
that's how – I don't know what to think of it. I mean, I do think that that's how little they think of Bailey Zappi. I forgot about him when Reese asked Belichick about it. He asked him about a Wenu. Say, say again now? We, what uh, about it? Reese asked him and said, was a, when he was ta- asking him about the roster, he said to him, was a Wenu the emergency guard because of injury? And Bill said yes. And I didn't connect that to the fact that they would carry him on the roster. So I didn't even realize he was in uniform because he wasn't on the play sheet, but he was in uniform. He, he was, active. was. He was active. He was. Reese asked Bill about it after the game. Because he asked him about the whole quarterback thing because they hadn't had a chance right. to talk to him yet. Right. And, you know, so then he, and then his follow up was, oh, so was it when who an emergency guard because of injury? And Bill said yes. And I didn't connect the two because I'm an idiot. No, but it's like, wh- who, who had to be in uniform and, instead of a real, actual backup quarterback? Especially if Greg said that they had to bring him out there basically in a wheelchair to get him on the sidelines. It's preposterous. Uh, a final segment with Greg and your calls, I promise. Long commercial free segment next. When the going gets tough, Ram trucks keep you going. Hurry in for great deals during Ram Power Days. Ram, built to serve. Right now, during Ram Power Days, get 4,000 retail cash allowance on the purchase of most 2023 Ram 1500 trucks. Don't miss this great offer. See your local Ram dealer today. Excludes Ram 1500 Classic and TRX models. Contact dealer for details. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by October 31st, 2023. Yeah, um, you know, look, I think there was some things that were better, uh, obviously not good enough. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, we just got done meeting with the offense. And, you know, one of the things we talked about is there's there's a very small margin for error in the National Football League. And we have to, we, you know, we talk about coaching better. One of the things we, we need to do is, you know, we have to harp on the details a little bit more. They have to take ownership of the details. We have to start these games better. It's uh, it's not good to start the game with two penalties. It's ridiculous. That falls on me. That falls on them. Um, I know I say it every week. We're in it together. But there's a small margin for error, and we've got to get better. Um, you, you know, we, we have a chance to turn this thing around, but we all have to buy into it and wrap our brains around the fact that we have to pay attention, coaches and players, to the details better and, and get this thing done. And so that's what our mindset is right now. How much of this is on Bill O'Brien, Greg? Uh, not very much. I mean, you know, he, he's trying to get a new system in. And, you know, the biggest thing when people around the league look at this team, it's, it's the offensive line. I mean, they're just in, in shambles with the, you know, not only the, the two injuries at guard, but also, you know, right tackle. I mean, that they brought back Connor McDermott, I would not be surprised if he's starting on Sunday already off the street. Okay. You know, uh, Joe Murray would you know, uh, respectfully disagree with that. I'm shocked by this. He feels that Bill O'Brien is suspect. Suspect. (laughs) Suspect! Michael Holley last night called him the worst offensive coordinator in the league, worse than Matt Patricia. Your thoughts? I'm not going to say it's, you know, totally untrue. I mean, look at where they are. Look at where their stats are and, and things like that. I just think you combine, you know, the offensive line, what he was given, um, you know, having to start two rookies, one of whom, so, who didn't even practice at guard all training camp, 
you know, those are your two starters at, at guard. And then uh, right tackle has been a disaster. I mean, how about yeah, Calvin Anderson? At least he was active this week. Uh, most of the time he's a healthy scratch as one of the guys you signed in free agency to play right tackle for you or be a swing tackle. And you can't even, you know, do that. I just The offensive line, they can't do anything. I mean, how how do you expect to run an offense unless you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and, you know, three running backs who run like 90 miles an hour like the Dolphins do? How are you expected to scheme something up? Scheme what up? I mean, Devontae Parker can't do anything. Can't even run a third down route right. Juju Smith-Schuster's horrible. Useless. Uh, Mike Kosicki, I don't know. Useless. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, maybe he can do some things with – uh, Tyquan Thornton being back and Demario Douglas was back at practice today. Um, you know, I mean, how's Alabama doing since he's been gone? I mean, you know, not great. Joe Murray, how are they doing? He's still suspect to me. <laughs> he's suspect. That was great. The Giants' offense is actually worse <laughs> for Mike Hawley. Like Mike Kafka, I think you know again, and, and yeah. not that, and they have the similar issue as the Patriots as the offensive line. He's suspect. So, look, I, I don't think Oj- – I, I, I had concerns about the way the plays were being called early in the year. But at the end of the day, if you can't oh, yeah. block – I hate the shotgun gun run like these mamby-pamby RPOs. He got under center more in this last game. You know what I thought their best drive of the game was? Was that first drive of the second half, that yep. touchdown drive. But I – They I, ran the ball. It's – you know, I, I don't know how you separate Mac Jones from Bill O'Brien from what's going on on the offensive line like – you can't. It's all not good enough. It's yeah. all a mess. It's just a complete catastrophe. And, you know, some of it is bad luck with the injuries. Some of it is Bill, you know, not not giving them any talent, not getting a right tackle, relying on Trent Brown, you know, getting by with, you know, your, your big additions at, you know, wide receiver, Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki, the Dolphins gladly in the division. We're like, yeah, go ahead, go. You know, we'll give you Parker, you know, Gasecki, go sign wherever you want. I mean, it's just a jo- it's an island of misfit toys, the entire offense. And you expect something different? I mean, come on. I still put the offensive line, Mike, at the top of the list in terms of the bad decisions by Bill this offseason. I can't believe it. It, it really it is. I keep saying this to you. I find it astonishing that somebody with his level of experience and history in the game would go into a season with the kind of crap that they have on the offensive line. And a quarterback who last year didn't have coordinators, and he puts them in that spot. This is why, incredibly, as you pointed out earlier in the year, you have to look at it in some capacity and say, they may still not get their answer on Jones this year because of the ineptitude in front of and around him. He's wasting another year. Mike, it's incredible that he would put a line like that in front of him. My earlier, I was just you know sort of looking at it because you know when the Patriots won a Super Bowl in 2018, you know, it probably wasn't their best team. And in a lot of ways, they were lucky to win down the stretch. But, you know, just compare that roster to this roster, and you you understand why the Patriots have fallen. The roster has completely fallen off. That year, okay, you had a lot of guys who were in there. You know, Gilmore, Brady, Kyle Van Noy was really good. James White was really good. Uh, Trent Brown had his best season. David Andrews was in his prime. Edelman. Trey Flowers was in a contract year, headed for free agency. Joe Tooney was awesome. That offensive line was Trent Brown is the best he's ever been. Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon at the height of his powers as as a right tackle. You know, 
Dante Hightower, um, you know, Gronk. I mean, you know, just just go back and look at the roster in 2018. Look at the roster now. That's all you need to know. All this other crap about Bill O'Brien and coordinators and coaching, like, it doesn't matter. They're just not good. The coaching still blows. I don't want to leave them out. Yes, no, no, and the they get exposed. Bad. When you don't I mean, have as good as player, you get exposed. I guess. You can still line up right. Yeah, that's right. They don't even do that right. No, they don't. They're not listening. They're not listening. There's a gap there. But, but no, of course, the roster is the number one issue by th- far. That offensive line might have been the best offensive line they ever had when I really look at it. No. Come on. I'm serious. Uh, Andruzzi, Neal, Mankins. No, who was the left guard before Mankins? Uh, it, it, there's no way. There's no way that was their best They were getting run. five yards a run every time they ran left. That was a pretty team. damn good Well, offense. no, no. They, they, they won the postseason, won the Super I mean, well, you know, Brady was pretty good, too. But they were great. Yeah, yeah listen, I, I'm not going to try and parse that. All right, big boy. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. All right. See you, boys. You folks are all there lined up. You've been sitting there for a while, I promise. We'll get right to you after Murray's 90-second update. No commercials. He's still suspect to me. He's 